Um, I'm excited to be able to bring the word today, this morning. Um, we are continuing on in our series entitled, I'm Still Anchored. You know, I am anchored. Do we have any anchored people in this place today? Amen. We are anchored in so many things here at Anchor Chapel. And so just for the next couple of weeks, we're just going to continue diving into those things to let you know we at Anchor Chapel, we are anchored in in core values. There are core values that we have as a church. And so we're going to share those with you um, over the next couple of weeks. Sorry, y'all. I can't type and talk at the same time, so I got it now. I'm together. So um, before I get started, I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we will just go into this week's message. So Father, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. We honor you. We give you all the glory today, Lord, just for being here, being who you are, being the, the God of our lives, the Savior and the Master and Lord of our lives. We pray that as we go forth today, that your word will be a word that, that speaks to each and every one of us, that we can use it and apply it to our everyday lives and glorify you in the process. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So last week, Pastor Pitts kicked off this series reminding us, does anybody remember what it was? Authenticity, to be authentic in all things, being authentic in all things. And when you live a life of authenticity, you can begin to see the benefits of living that life that is devoted to Jesus Christ. And so many of you know, if this is not your first time here, um, that we believe that there is hope for who? Hope for every soul. Amen. So we strive to see God's hand in every situation and bring hope in every situation. See, our God is the author of joy and praise. And so today, that's why I'm going to be talking about one of our core values, and that is celebration of the big and the small things. Amen. Somebody say celebrate. Celebrate. Yes. So what does it mean to celebrate? To celebrate, according to Merriam-Webster, just means to hold up or play up for public notice. When we celebrate things, other people see that. Other people see that, oh, something is happening right here. So when we celebrate God in our lives, guess what we're doing? We're holding him up for public notice. We're holding him up for the world to see that I serve a good God. I have hope because I serve Jesus Christ. And there is a quote that I want to share by Richard Foster. He wrote in his book, Celebration of Discipline. Celebration is central to all the spiritual disciplines. Without a joyful spirit of festivity, the disciplines become dull, death-breathing tools in the hands of modern-day Pharisees. So we don't want to be modern day Pharisees. We don't want to be a church that everything somebody does, it's a, it's a, oh no, you can't do that. Oh no, you shouldn't. Thou shall not. Thou shall not. We're not the thou shall not church, but we want to be the church and we are the church that believes in freedom in Jesus Christ to glorify him in all things. And we celebrate when we glorify God in all things. We're not, we don't want to be the dull death breathing church. 
Amen? We want to be the church that is lively and excited about the life that Jesus Christ has given each and every one of us. And so in terms of celebration, there now there is precedent in the Bible about celebration. There's celebrations all through the Bible, but one of my favorite, favorite, favorite um, person, people in the Bible that celebrates is King David. Now he's, he knows about celebration, amen? So I'm going to read a passage from 2 Samuel. But in this passage, I'm going to give you a little insight onto what it is. In this passage, basically, they were trying to take the ark of God to Jerusalem. And God had instructed them they needed to take the ark of God to Jerusalem. But they didn't do it the right way. You know, God told them that the ark, in numbers, he told them that the ark should be carried on the shoulders of men. But somebody, somebody decided, you know what? We're going to build this nice little cart, and we are going to um, have some oxen pull this cart. Because that's, that's easy. That thing is heavy. I don't want to carry it on my shoulders. So this is ingenuity. We're going to figure it out, and we're going to take this ark. But God didn't tell them to do that. How many times does God give us a direct instruction, and we try to outsmart him? That's a whole nother, a whole nother message for a whole nother day. But, but they tried to outsmart God by figuring their own way to carry the ark. And wouldn't you know it, on this little trip, the oxen tripped. Man, and this nice man named Uzzah, he tried to do his best to keep the ark from falling. But God said, I didn't tell you to carry it that way. So Uzzah died because he grabbed the ark when he was trying. He was trying to do a good thing, but they was doing the wrong thing. So when that happened, David was like, um, you know what? We just going to take it to Obed-Edom's house, this nice, righteous man of God. We're going to take it to his house, and we're just going to let it stay because um, I don't want that happening to me. So we let the ark stay at Obed-Edom's house, and that's where our scripture picks up in 2 Samuel 6 and 12, it says, Then King David was told, The Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's household and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went there and brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with great celebration. After the men who were carrying the ark of God had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of ram's horns. That's a celebration. You take six steps and then you make a sacrifice and then you just go to dancing. I wish I had some music. I can't dance, y'all. Forgive me. <laughs> but I, what I think happened, and the Bible doesn't say this, but sometimes when you, you read the Bible, you, you play a movie in your head. At least I do. I play, I play a little story out about the holes that are missing. And what I think happened is that David, while at Obed-Edom's house, he saw the reverence and the honor that Obed-Edom had for the presence of the Lord. And, he, and that is why Obed-Edom's house was blessed. And so when it was time to move that ark to Jerusalem, David said, oh, I want to be blessed like Obed-Edom. So I, too, am going to reverence and honor the presence of the Lord. So guess what? 
If David thought it was important enough while he was carrying the presence of the Lord on his shoulder every six steps to stop and celebrate, how much more should we celebrate when we carry the presence of the Lord within us? We should celebrate the Lord every chance that we get. Every chance that we get. We should celebrate him often. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. How do we live a life of that, that kind of celebration? So the first thing we do to live a life of celebration is we give thanks in everything. Everything. First Thessalonians 5 and 18, it says, be thankful in all circumstances. Not, not just the, you know, circumstances that I like. Not just the circumstances where I got something good. You know, we get, we're thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. It says, this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. I want to let you know one thing. In case you have a question about whether or not you belong to Jesus Christ, if you're in this building and you're breathing, you belong to Jesus Christ because he gave up his life for you and you and you and you and you and me. Regardless of what you have done in your life, regardless of how you have acted in your life, regardless of whether you have rejected him or accepted him, you belong to him. And so this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. Now we can celebrate God and we can celebrate him in so many different ways. You know, some, some small celebrations is we, we give thanks for him before we eat. We say grace. Thank you, Lord, for this food that we're about to receive. You know, we can even glorify God by telling somebody else that they did a good job. Hey, gentlemen, up here leading worship. Good job. God gets the glory. Right. Sometimes I find that as Christians, we can have a level of false humility where we're like, oh, no, you can't congratulate somebody because, you know, it wasn't in their own strength. It was in God's strength. Yes, it, it was technically. But God also gets the glory because when you say something nice to somebody that helps build them up emotionally, that helps build them up mentally, that helps build them up so that they continue to do great things for God. Right. Right. There are special times. Oh, wait, no, I forgot my my very favorite small time of celebration. I call it my parking space praise. <laughs> when you're driving somewhere and you just ride up and find a good parking space. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You, you laid that right there just for me. And oh, God, I thank you for it. You know, he, he, there is nothing too small to praise God for. Amen. Now, there are big times of celebration. There are special times like birthdays, holidays, you know, weddings, when new babies are born, all of these great opportunities to celebrate. God is glorified even in those things. When you say, I made it another year, I'm going to celebrate. God is glorified. Amen. And you know what? It's, it makes so much easier to celebrate when you dedicate everything to God. When everything is dedicated to him and you realize, hey, hey, guess what? Nothing really belongs to me. Everything that I have has been given to me by God. Then it makes things so much easier to celebrate because when somebody gives you a gift, hopefully you say, thank you. They give you a gift and you say, oh, thank you. And so those times of celebration and realizing that this is dedicated to God and he has blessed me with everything that I have. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate that. You know, my mom, um, she gave me for Christmas 
a shack grill. Has anybody ever heard of the shack grill? It's like the George Foreman grill, but like better. It's better. It has temperature controls and it has, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's a timer on there. It's so cool. And so my mom gave me that gift and I was like, oh, thank you. That's nice. But then we used it. Man, every time I use that, I got to call my mama and say, thank you. That was the best gift ever. We used it last night. I need to call her today. Thank you. Because when it's a really good gift that somebody gives you, you just, you don't think of more than once. Every time you think about it, every time you use it, every time, you know, you, you have it in your possession, you want to call that person and say thank you. You know, so every time you use the gifts that God has given you, that's an opportunity for you to say thank you. If you have a gift of encouragement, whenever you encourage somebody and they feel better, thank you, Lord, for giving me that gift. Whenever you pray for somebody and you have a prayer of intercession and they come to you and they say, I remember you prayed for me? You know, your prayer was answered and, and, and I was healed or whatever it is. Thank you, Lord, for giving me that gift. Somebody was healed. Amen? Amen. We want to thank God when he gives us good gifts. So the second way we live a life of celebration is we be devoted to the word of God. To the word of God. Psalm 19, 7 and 8 says the instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. This is what his word does for us. And when we're devoted to his word, we can live a life of celebration because we know what's in his word and we know what he has told, the way that he has told us to live our lives. Sure, there are some things in there that, that says this, you know, don't cross this boundary. Things, these are things that you, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, you know, all those things. But then there are other promises that are in the Bible that when you're devoted to the word, you can begin to claim those promises. Let's say you're in a dark place. You can begin to claim the promise. Oh, for the spirit of heaviness, he has given us a garment of praise. You know, if you feel like you don't belong. Oh, I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. When you feel like you're being attacked at all sides. Oh, uh, -uh no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But when you do get that, when you're devoted to the word and you recognize those promises that God has for you and you can truly begin to celebrate in your life because you know what the word says about you and you know what God has promised you. So even when things don't look right, even when when from the from the outside eye, it looks like your whole world is falling apart. I, I love the, the people, the crazy looking people in church, the crazy Christians. I happen to be one of them <laughs> because when, when things look like they don't go right, you know, they're the ones that still have a smile on their face. They're the ones that say, you know, how are you today? Oh, I'm blessed. I am amazing. You know, and it's not a lie because they recognize that what the word says about their situation. Amen. 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 And that leads to the third way that we live a life of celebration. That's leading and serving with joy. Joy should not be a difficult thing to find in the house of God. <laughs> Sometimes it seems like it is because people will go to the house of God and they're just, they're just looking for some joy. And everybody got sourpuss, sourpuss faces. 
you're like, oh, I don't want to be there. But when you have joy, joy is contagious. When you approach life with joy, everybody around you can get joy because it's contagious. It rubs off. Even when people don't, don't really want it, it's going to rub off. They're going to get some joy. You know, when um, there's a story in the Bible, when the walls of Jerusalem were finished under Nehemiah's supervision, the Levites, which for the, for the purposes of this message, they were um, people who served during public worship. They served in, I know we, we always hear the Levites are the, you know, the worship team, basically. But Levites served in all kinds of capacities in public worship. Essentially, the A-team, which is our team of volunteers. Give it up for the A-team. A-team is amazing. So the Levites, they were brought to Jerusalem to lead in the celebration and dedicate the completed walls. So Nehemiah 12 and 27, it says, for the dedication of the new wall of Jerusalem, the Levites throughout the land were asked to come to Jerusalem to assist in the ceremonies. They were to take part in the joyous occasion with their songs of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. So then the next couple of passages basically explains what they did and how they did it. They had choirs and musicians and instruments and people all around lifting up songs of praise and lifting up worship and celebration. And then 43, chapter, I mean, verse 43, it goes on to read, many sacrifices were offered on that joyous day. For God had given the people cause for great joy. The women and children who also participated in the celebration and the joy of the people of Jerusalem could be heard from afar, far away. Now, the, the interesting thing about that is because it tells about all the people that serve in the church. Now, back then, the women and children, they were basically the second-class citizens, you know? But when they saw this celebration going on by the people that are leading them, they too joined in with the celebration. I mean, th just think of how many people get to experience God just from you having joy. Just from you having a smile on your face. Just for you, from you saying, thank you, Lord. Just from you holding him up for public view. There are people that are attached to your joy. And when you don't have joy, they don't get what they need. So you need to be sure that you are leading and serving with joy because so many people are going to be blessed because of you. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so the last thing, the last way to live a life of celebration is to participate in corporate worship. You are all here. You are all watching us online. Good job. Thank you all so much. Give yourselves a hand for participating in corporate worship. Oh, y'all, we're talking about celebration. <laughs> Celebrate yourself for showing up today. It is not a thing to take like lightly. It is not a thing to just say, oh, yeah, I went to church because that's what we do. No, it is a time of celebration. Every time we come through those doors, every time we open our computer or, or turn on our TV screen and we join in corporate worship, it should be a time of celebration. 
It also is an opportunity to invest in the house where you are planted. That's something to be celebrated when you invest in the house where you are planted. As the previous verses from um, 2 Samuel talking about David and then Nehemiah talking about the walls of Jerusalem, they describe that part of celebration is always sacrifice. It's sacrifice. So one of the ways, some of the ways that you invest in something is by giving of yourself, whether that's time, whether that's talent, whether that's treasure, whether that's your energy, whether that's your prayers, whatever it is, there is some level of sacrifice in your celebration. We have to think about, are we, are we really doing that in the house of God with God's people? Are we really investing into his house and his people? Proverbs 11 and 25, it says, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be freshed, be refreshed. And so in your giving, in your serving, in your investing into God's house and, and his people, he's, he's, he's not turning a blind eye to that. He sees what you are giving. He says, oh, they've been pouring out, they've been pouring out, let me refresh. That's something that we should celebrate. That's something that we should celebrate. Another way that we participate in corporate worship is that we lift up praises as a corporate body. I know we just did that. We just had an amazing time in worship. There's a Greek word, hymnos. It's from hydeo, which means to celebrate. A song that gives honor, praise, or thanksgiving. Now that's that's where we get the word hymn from. You know, the songs that we sing in church. So we lift up praises as a corporate body. Now, one thing about praise and worship is that we can praise God, you know, and worship God by ourselves. Absolutely. I hope you are praising and worshiping God by yourself. I hope you are lifting up celebration to God when you're not in this building. But there's something special that happens when we gather together in a corporate setting and lift up praises and honor and celebration to our God. Do you agree with that? Do you believe that? That when we gather together, even the Bible tells us when two or three gather in my name, there I am. So let me tell you something. When you feel like you're in a place where you're far from God, where you're like, God, where are you? God, I don't know where you are. God, I feel left, I feel abandoned. Make your way to the house of God and worship in a corporate setting because where two or three gather, he is here. You can find him in a place of corporate worship in such a special and unique way that you can never tap in by yourself. And so I want y'all to do something. I want you everybody to stand up on your feet today. Because as we become more and more anchored in God, we need to always make a point to hold him up for public notice. We need to know that the God that we serve is deserving of all glory in every situation, the big situations and the small situations. And so when we lift him up, there are more and more and more people that get to see who he really is and get to experience his goodness in a way that they may not have been able to experience before. And so what I want to do in this moment, I want us to celebrate together. Can we do that? Can we do that? All right, this team, they're going to lead us in a song of celebration. And I want you to lift up your voice. I want you to shout. I want you to jump. I want you to praise him this morning because he is good. Amen.
level. Let's give God the best shout of praise that you have. Come on, let's come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, keep that praise going, come on. Come on, let's celebrate the love of Jesus in this place. Come on, let's celebrate the love of Jesus in this place. Come on, let's praise him like he's worthy. Let's praise him like he saved us. Let's praise him like he raised us. Let's praise him like he healed us. Come on. Come on, let's praise us like he called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. For he is worthy. Hallelujah. Come on, just lift your hands around this building. Those of you who are watching online, right there in your home, come on, just lift your hands right where you are. You called my name and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into I pray now in the name of Jesus. God, that the joy of the Lord would be our strength. God, that we won't get caught up in the detriment of the day, but God, we'll understand that you created this day and God, everything you created, you said was good. So Father, we'll celebrate in the good times. We'll celebrate in the bad times. We'll celebrate on a mountaintop. We'll celebrate in a valley. Knowing that you are faithful, oh God. So Father, I pray God that as the word went forth today. Father, that joy was imputed into the hearts of your people. Let this week be the greatest week of their lives. And don't let it stop with Saturday, God. Let it be perpetual. Let it go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And Father, let it become contagious in the workplace. Let it become contagious in their homes. Let it be contagious in the schools. Let it be contagious where they are, God, for you are faithful. Come on, pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I love you. Come into my heart. I lay down my life and I pick up your life. I declare today that I'll never, ever turn my back on you, but I'll live for you for the rest of my days in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's put those hands together. Thank you for joining us for this message. If you'd like to learn more about Anchor Chapel or support our ministries, you can visit anchorchapel.com or follow us on social media at Anchor Chapel. Have a great week.